to the book of Genesis chapter 6. I want to make very quick work of getting through this passage that I have and then get right into the remainder of the Word of God here and what I'm going to speak tonight. Teaching tonight on a thought, guarding your mind. I want to share some things with you tonight because I believe that we're living in a time in history when the enemy one more time has come with great vehement effort and, and uh, you know, um, force to try to absolutely violate uh, and bombard our minds. Um, and we'll get into this. But in Genesis chapter 6, starting with verse 5, the Bible says this, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. I mean, it was so bad that God said, I wished I wouldn't have made it. I wish I could turn around and have changed that. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And I want to focus tonight on the scripture of verse 5. When it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, not in just one part, not just Sodom and Gomorrah, like it was in, in Genesis 19, but it was great upon the earth. And every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That is the text tonight that I want to go uh, and use tonight to say what I want to say. Father, I ask you tonight to bless this time in the Word. Anoint my lips of clay. Anoint our hearts to hear and receive, God, what you desire to say tonight. And God will give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm teaching, as I said, on guarding your mind. And God led me here because our minds determine everything about our lives. Listen to me, church. Because this is a very important message for all of us in here. Our lives, our minds rather, determine everything about our lives. What we think on determines everything about our lives. If the devil can get you focused upon the fact that you think somebody's talking about you, then that will be on your mind. And it will begin to bring life, should I say, or uh, begin to spread the lies that the enemy wants in your mind of you thinking somebody's talking about you or somebody said something about you. Or, uh, you what you think on, you become. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That scripture should shout to us, be cautious what you think on or deposit and take into your, your mind because that is what you become. You become what you dwell on. You become what you take in. You become what you read, what you look at. You know, people don't become perverse in their mind because they were born that way. I know we were all born into sin, but people develop into that kind of character and behavior and 
conduct because they've dwelt on that. And, and, and I remember when we first started the church, there was a man that came, and, 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 and he was demon, demon, demon possessed. I mean bad. And we cast several devils out of him, but, but he was still bound. And he told us, he said, my grandparents owned an adult bookstore, and I, I was exposed to pornography at six years old. No wonder that he was involved in all of the horrific, depraved things that he was involved in and so bound because that's what his mind was bombarded with. He didn't have a Chinaman's chance, but thank God, thank God, you know, that we're sitting here today in our right minds. And God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Power over the devil, love to love God and love people. And a sound mind that we can stay the course in our life. Amen? So, But this scripture should resound to us. The one that I read in Genesis 5 and also Proverbs 23 and 7. Clearly from our passage that we opened up with. A generation's thoughts, their education, and their imaginations produce a culture and an attitude and a personality and a behavior. History proves this. There have been empires that went down because of what a generation was taught. The Roman Empire went down because of what it was taught and the propaganda that was taught. The Grecian Empire went down. Just read your history book. Empire after empire after empire was, has been destroyed because of what they thought on. And even in the book of Genesis here we read that God destroyed the whole earth because of the imagination of man. Man and the wickedness of his imagination. This is what happened in Noah's day. And I believe, as so many scholars do, that the word giants that we read of, because you wonder, how did the world become so wicked? And how did it become so, so bad that God repented of the fact that he created it and that he destroyed it with the flood? The Bible says in verse 4 of chapter 6, there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bore children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. Now, I believe with all my heart and, and from studying the scripture, as many scholars do, that the word giants in verse 4 is, of course, Nephilim. The fallen ones is what that means. And the sons of God are in the Hebrew defined as Bena Elohim, which means, uh, and every Old Testament reference of, of Bena, I can't really pronounce it right, but Bena Elohim means angels and so fallen angels fallen angels came down or were were cast out of heaven came to the earth with satan and all of his angels and they begin to however manifest themselves to have relations with women upon this earth at that time there are two groups of angels there are exalted angels around god's throne and then there are fallen angels or demons who rebelled with Lucifer. And one third of the angelic beings followed Lucifer or Satan. And I believe scripture is very clear. You have to excuse me. I just got new teeth this week and I'm still trying to learn to talk. And they're not even the real ones. They're the spares until I get the real ones. So just hang on here with me. I sound like I got dentures sometimes. I feel like it. 
don't feel right. It's all right. I believe that the scripture is clear. These beings had sexual relations with human women producing Nephilims. And God put the fallen angels, the Bible says, into prison. Now I'm going somewhere because I'm trying to build a foundation for how the world became so wicked. It was through demonic activity. That's how it happened. But God put those fallen angels that had relations, sexual relations with women that produced a wicked generation. He threw them into a prison, the Bible says. In Jude 6, now I didn't uh, have Benjamin or whoever is doing the PowerPoint put these up, so we're going to read these from the Scripture here. But in Jude 6, the Bible says, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved any everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. And then he goes into even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth an example uh, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Uh, but go over to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse uh, 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 19. The scripture says this. It says by which also he went and preached, talking of Christ, unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Why did I read these two scriptures to you? Because the scripture is very clear that God judged or by essence, putting these fallen angels into prison until the judgment day for which hell was created. Hell was not created for you and I. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. The Bible says it's been enlarged in the book of Isaiah because of the fallen nature of man and because of the sin and the rejection of Christ. But Jude speaks of them being in prison. Peter also that we read speaks of that. Because their deeds were so diabolically dark, seeking to thwart or disrupt or divert God's promises upon this earth and for humanity's redemption. What was that? That was when when God said to Eve in Genesis 3.15, through your seed is going to come, you know, a Messiah basically, going to come a seed that's going to crush the head of the serpent. He's going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush the head of the serpent. And we know on Calvary's cross, Jesus finished the work. He spoiled principalities, made a show of them openly, and the devil's under our feet. But their deeds, those angelic, demonic beings were so diabolically dark and they sought to infiltrate the seed of man so that they could thwart God's plan of bringing about a Messiah. But guess what? It didn't work. This has been Satan's agenda all along to totally destroy the seed that would crush his head. That's why he tried to put Moses to death and all the babies. That's why Pharaoh did that. 
That's why Herod tried to do it. Because he wanted to de- destroy the plan of God and thwart or divert the plan of God. But that didn't happen. Because God's always a step ahead. Don't ever forget that. God's always a step ahead. He's always a step ahead. And we have redemption and salvation and eternal life because Jesus defeated Satan's strategy. So he set his sights, the devil did, upon God's creation. That's where we're at today. He set his sights upon God's creation. Satan has worked through strategies, agendas, to pollute and corrupt the minds of humanity. You've got to know that today. That is not just something that just happened. That is a strategy that was done by design, by the enemy, to to destroy the generation uh, and, 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 and past generations. But it's been a slippery slope that's brought us to the place that we are today. You can say without argument, without doubt, unless you're just blind and you choose not to see that the way things are today, the, the generation that has been birthed in the last 20 years, the condition of them, the conditions of their minds, the condition of their work ethic, the condition of everything, what they care about, what's important to them, the sin that, that they're involved in. It's been by design. The enemy has infiltrated their mind to bring them to that place. You say, well, that's in every generation. Yeah, but... We live in a generation now that's just, it's lost. They're empty vessels. They need God. You know, the enemy just, I, 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 I know that the strategy was to destroy the life of, of the unborn, to destroy them in the womb. That's why, you know, we've had abortion for so long because the devil wants to destroy life. He wants to destroy it before it's born, and he wants to destroy it after it's born. I want you to see that and understand that. You know, I, I, I was listening to somebody the other day, and they said, you know, they were a liberal thinker. And, and, uh, but as they began to talk, they said, you know what? They said, if you want to be uh, homosexual or you want to be perverted or they didn't use the word perverted but they just said if you want to have an alternative lifestyle where you're a man with a man or a woman with a woman and you choose that as an adult that's up to you that's your business I, I don't care what you do they said that you chose a lifestyle where you cannot procreate so that's your choice So keep your hands off of the choice that I made to be with a a heterosexual person, uh, to be a heterosexual person, a man and a woman that can produce children. You didn't want them. So don't come over and try to defile what's mine. You didn't want that. So if that's what you didn't, if that's what you wanted, that's fine. But don't come over to try to violate my choice to be with a woman and to have babies to biologically do what's biologically normal. You know, that's what befuddles me, is the people that push for it the most don't even have any kids themselves. Because it's the enemy. It's the devil's strategy 
I'll take them out in the womb, and I'll take them out even outside. That's why we've seen this big shift in the last several years. And it's not been, you know, it, it's, it's been happening for some time, but never at lightning speed like it has the last, I would say, three to four to five years. We began to see this even more so in the last two or three years. But you've seen this push to just infiltrate and just, just absolutely corrupt and destroy the minds of children. Telling an eight-year-old you can mutilate your body. This is the mentality. I'm just sharing with you that the enemy has got into this generation through their minds and, and, and how slick to have that phone right there in front of them, to have everything at their disposal, and every kid just about has them up to a, a certain age. But if he can't, you know, destroy them one way, he'll destroy them another way. Now, why did I bring all this out? Because Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 37, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Lord. Matthew 24, verse 37 says this, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that, that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Not only were they, and I wrote this down, let's set to the side for a second, being caught up with everyday life, eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Life is life. I'm not going to sit here and criticize that, but what I am going to say is that the enemy wants us to get so focused upon this life and everything that's going on that we don't make God a priority or even bring him into the equation. Now, we do, but we're seeing a generation that has rejected God. And it's being caught up with life absent of God. That is Satan's goal. But he wants to absolutely infiltrate a generation that their minds will be bombarded and their imaginations evil continually. In Noah's day, man's imagination was evil continually. It was deep, dark wickedness. And we're living there today. Now, in front of an eight-year-old kid, they can have a phone and be on the recess playground and be able to watch pornography. Now you say, well, their parents should be, have oversight. They should never have that accessibility even in front of them. I'm going to tell you, and you know, I'm going to tell you right now that, that this generation of parents, you need to be very cautious what you put in front of your children to be accessible to. I don't think kids should have smartphones until they're up in their upper teens. And then you, you really got to be careful with that too. But, you know, they're giving them this stuff and the enemy just has carte blanche and you can't do that. You've got to know what's going on in their life. You know, I read a, 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 a news article that said, you know, parents, uh, you know, they need to stop being so concerned about what their kids are being taught in school. And I thought, what? Are you an idiot? We should just say, whatever you want to teach our babies and our children, the, the children that we're responsible to, to, to raise up in the admonition of the Lord and to teach them, we're supposed to just walk away and let you just take over? No, 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 no. We have a responsibility to lead our children and to train them up in the admonition of the Lord with morality 
Now eight-year-olds can view anything on their smartphones at recess. The wicked minds, totally demon-possessed, aren't satisfied with corrupting their own accountable souls because they're going to stand before God one day. But they want to corrupt the innocent souls. That's where God draws the line. I heard Carter Conlon he said, you want to know why we're going through a lot of the things, why we're going through the things that we're going through? And Carter Conlon's a man of God. He said, that devil crossed the line and this generation crossed the line when they went in to touch the innocence. He said, when they infiltrated the schools, that was it. God said, I'm done. And I'm going to tell you, church, even California, I don't know if we passed Prop 1 or not. I don't know if it passed or not. But you heard Daryl Turner, and I'll tell you today, the day they take a baby's life after it comes out of that womb, it's curtains. You hear me? We don't like to hear that. You say, oh, Pastor, I'm telling you right now, God will stand and he'll judge a generation. He, we're already suffering that. And people say, oh, you know, I believe revival in America. I, we need revival in our churches first. But you've got, a, you've got a nation that has forgotten God. You know, you've got a nation that has forgotten God. And I would have thought for sure that people would have said, you know, the people, there's a lot of people that don't, they don't care about abortion. They don't care about those things. They're like, but, but, but there's still so many people that went back into office, in political office, that, that by through their policies, the crime across this nation, and I thought, and people put them back in, and I thought, this is ludicrous. This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. But I'm just sitting back, and God said, a nation that forgets God is turned into hell. Amen. They're turned into hell. They don't care. And, you know, we've got to understand something, that there is this thrust to absolutely molest the minds and corrupt the minds of the innocent and that's why there's there's you know the devil starts with molest and the trafficking of children and the prepubescent uh gender uh you know confusion and putting that in their minds what what i'm trying to tell you is that the devil uh, he did it back in the time of noah and he's doing it today at the end of all things. Brother Clinton used to say, what you see in the beginning is the way it's going to be in the end. Amen. Amen. But we, 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 we have to understand something that whether it's us covering our minds or us guarding our minds or guarding the minds of our children, we have a responsibility in this generation for our mind. And what it becomes and what it takes in. And we become what we allow. And we were created as a living soul with an eternal soul. Our mind was created to think on God, learn about God, and discover about God, our Creator. Our soul and our spirit was created to feel and yearn and desire Him who is eternal. And when you read the Psalms, clearly David pondered the eternal God. He sat and he pondered the eternal God. The greatest, most poetic things we read about heaven, about God, His throne, His mercy, His forgiveness, His love, His blessing, His protection. Everything is there in the book of Psalms because David pondered that. He pondered God. 
the eternal God. Solomon pondered the eternal wisdom of his eternal God. Job, even though he did not understand the whys and the circumstances of his trials, he still knew enough to not blame God, but inquire and trust and believe unto his death. Though he slay me, I'll trust him. Amen. Paul had a a third heaven encounter. He said, I was taken up into the third heaven, whether it was a dream or an encounter or a vision or what it was. He said, but it was so mind-boggling and blowing and so magnificent and beautiful, he couldn't even discuss it. And he taught us to pursue the spiritual that we live our lives to be edified by God and by His Spirit and by His Word. That's what he taught us. There is this great beautiful edification of your eternal soul and of your spirit you can you the reason that we do not uh, have what we want in God is because we don't go to him to edify us amen we must be people that go to the edifier to be edified We have to go to the source, the one that created us is the one that knows how to pour into us, who knows how to fix us, who knows how to change us, who knows the very longing of our heart and he speaks the language that we need to edify us. Instead, we fill our minds with a lot of other things and we wonder why we live at the low place instead of the high places in God. Satan knows this, so he does everything to defile and corrupt our minds. Genesis 6-5 said the imagination of man was evil continually. And I read other translations just so I could get a a well-rounded idea and definition or translation of the word imaginations, evil imaginations. In other words, other translations say that it's the inclination of your mind. It's the intent of your mind. It's every thought in your mind. It's the inclination of the human mind or the human heart. Every scheme in your mind. Man's imagination is all of these things. Your intent, your thought, your inclination. What you scheme to do or plan to do. Every reasoning of your mind. I love this one. Every brooding of your mind. In other words, that which your mind hovers over. You know, the Bible says that the Spirit brooded over the waters and it began to bring life to it. What you dwell on, what you take in, what you look at, the things that you listen to, they develop everything about you. So you can have the mind of God. Or you can have the mind of the world, which is the enemy of God, friendship of it. I know we're in the world, but we're certainly not of it. And God will show you when he went far enough. He'll put a check in you. It's the every thought and plan of your mind. Every continued thought of your mind. Every thought of the heart that is conceived. Uh, Ellicott's commentary states that it's the thought that formed and shaped the whole inner nature that was evil. Talking about man's imagination. From morning to evening, 
with no check on the conscience or the fear of divine judgment. It's imagination that's evil continually, and we are bombarded with that. We're bombarded with it. We're bombarded with it. Amen. Matthew 24 says, this will be the same condition at the end. So our endeavor, our daily pursuit must be to protect our minds. You know why I feel like that this is so critically important? Because I've watched people before me watch their whole spiritual man change. I've watched it happen. I've watched people that sat in our church and wept and cried that changed to a totally different person because they quit listening to the Word of God, the voice of God. They quit sitting under an anointed voice or anointed worship that would lead them into the presence of God to give them a clear mind so that they would think right thoughts and have righteous judgment. And I say judgment, what I mean is judgment of what's right and what's wrong. Amen. But it says that our every, uh, uh, our endeavor, our daily pursuit must be to protect our minds. That's what I wrote down. I want you to think of this analogy uh, that I want to make real quickly here of tape. If you take a piece of tape and you put it on the carpet, it's stuck to that carpet. And when you lift it from that carpet, there's fibers from the carpet. They're stuck there. There's things that we take in our mind and they're stuck there. It's the same thing with sexual relations with somebody. You lay down with them and the Bible says that you become one with them. And that's why, you know, you've got people that have been with so many multiple partners. They've, they've been stuck together like carpet tape on a carpet with so many people. They have no identity anymore. Now listen, this is a great analogy. Tape stuck on carpet, pulled apart, may be... Uh, It may be detached. The, the, the tape may be detached from the carpet. A lot of times people think, well, I'm stuck there, but you know what? I'm not with them anymore. Or it was only a one-night stand. Or I only looked at it for a second. Those things weigh upon your mind. You know, I was sitting here tonight playing worship. My mind's on the Lord. And, and something that my dad said to me almost 30 years ago came into my mind. And it wasn't... It wasn't, it was something that he had told me about. He wasn't talking bad, but he was just sharing something. And I thought, where in the world did that come from? God said that was stuck in your mind from 30 years ago. But something, that devil just brought it up in your mind. In the middle of a worship service. I didn't go looking for that thought. It was a hair on that carpet. It was a piece of fiber on that carpet. And see what happens is that carpet is there in that, it's like in essence the world, and that tape, you're the tape, you and I are the tape, we have a stickiness about us, and that devil makes sure that things stick, stick in our mind, stick in our thoughts, stick in our soul, they cling to us, that's why people have all kinds of 
issues and they're dealing with things from their childhood because it stuck all those years to them. I want you to listen. Two things happen. Everything clings to you and you lose your identity. Thus why these kids and adults become another person. Christians allow the word to get choked out in them. The word gets choked out because of the cares in the, of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this life or allowing themselves to take in worldly things. You become somebody that you don't even, you don't even consider the kind of life that you're supposed to live. You know, if, if, you, if you stick that tape to enough pieces of carpet enough times, it loses its ability to stick anymore. It loses its identity. Its identity is everything else that's on it. Are you hearing me? Solomon, not Solomon, well, him too, but Samson. He had that identity about him that I have a Nazarite vow. But he kept playing and flirting around with sin. And he finally got to a place to where his decisions and his sin caused him to cast that all to the side and he lost that Nazarite vow and that place of holiness and purity and separation and power. He lost his identity. He said, it's my hair, but it's, it's the vow I've made. And oh, Delilah made sure he laid in, in her lap and she cut that hair off and he thought... I'll be just like I've always been. But he realized that there was no more power. He wished not that the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. This is why our minds must be pure. We've got to be so careful because I can tell you sitting in this place are people that say, I wish I could be where I used to be in God. I want you to know something that you can. God wants to restore that. But but and, and, and praise God he does. Thank God for his grace. I'm not trying to paint a picture that you can't have a relationship or a depth in God that you once had. You can. But you're going to have to separate yourself from those things that defile you, that, that define you, that mark you. Amen. They mark you. Tape or a person that keeps themselves from these things maintain, maintains a purity and an identity and their intended purpose. That intended purpose is not to be defiled with everything that it touches or comes in contact with. Here is some instruction, and I want to give you these real quickly, and then we'll close. Amen. Colossians 3. And I'm just going to read these scriptures and give them to you. And you can mark them down because we got some fairly new Christians in here or maybe some that are always looking for a word or a scripture that will encourage you of how to live and how to stay, you know, keep your mind stayed upon him. Well, I'm going to give you some scriptures. Colossians 3, verse 1, we'll start there. You could read the whole chapter. But Colossians 3 said, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. In other words, seek 
Seek to worship God. Seek to sit in that heavenly place with Him, that spiritual place of power and authority over the things of this earth, over the things that come to try to bombard your mind. And He said, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead. He said, you're, de- you're, you're to be dead to these things upon this earth. And you are dead to your sin and dead to that old nature. And your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Mortify therefore, bring to death therefore the members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. Look those things up. You got a commentary Bible? Look them up. For which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience, in the which you also walked some time when you lived in them, but now you also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. I heard a preacher... Actually, I didn't hear him. I'm sorry. Angela told me, but I know him. It's Brian McDonald from Texarkana. He preached at Jared Jenkins' uh, meeting last year. But he said, he said it's become like a, almost like a hip thing, if you will. I don't know what other word to use, but a popular thing for preachers to get in the pulpit and cuss. to say swear words in the pulpit to try to get a wow factor, to wow people and shock them into reality. I'm going to tell you something. We're supposed to be people who have pure conversation, pure language, pure behavior. Right. We're supposed to be people, he said, in the Word of God that not let any filthy communication come out of our mouth. Especially the preacher. You know, we have all these little, and it's, we laugh at them, but it's not funny. It's a, it's a sign of a, a generation that has become so worldly and so, and so unconsecrated, and it's made a joke out of it. Mocker. They say, well, you know, I'm a Christian, but I cuss a little. I'm a Christian, but I drink a little. I'm a Christian, but I, you know, I do this a little. You know, I'm going to tell you, if you're a Christian, you're not supposed to do none of those things. You're supposed to have a pure conversation. You're supposed to, you know, bring that anger under subjection. Well, I get angry. Well, I get angry too. And you know what? God convicts me and He says, get in that altar and pray it through. Make it right. You used to walk in those things. That's not who you are today. And He said, don't lie to one another seeing that you've put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. He said in verse 12, though, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. We could go on and on and on, but what he's saying is, If you want to have this caliber of life, 
and this caliber of thought, you have to guard your mind. You have to take this in. And you have to realize that my mind, what I think in my mind, that's who I am. That's what I speak. Garbage in, garbage out. Amen. You take Jesus in, Jesus is going to come out. If all you take in is sports, that's all you're going to talk about. If all you take in is politics, all you're going to talk about. If you take in, the, the economy's tanking. I've watched 15 videos on YouTube. I know. The sky is falling. I get it. Amen. That's what you're going to talk about. But if we take in Jesus, that's what we're going to talk about. That's what's in our mind. That's what's going to guard us in the day that we're living in. The Word of God. It's going to keep us sound. This is my favorite right here. Philippians 4. Just go to the left. The Philippians 4, 8 and 9. He said, finally, brethren. Well, I'll read verse 7. I'll read verse 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God. In that time whenever you're with God, He's going to bring the peace of God unto you that passes all understanding. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ or through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. That's an awesome scripture. Think on these things. In Romans chapter 12, very familiar passage of Scripture. We've read it many times. But he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, Romans 12, 1 and 2, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And this is the key Scripture. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God in your life. Let there be the transforming, the renewal, and the renovation of your mind, transformed through progressive changes when you focus on God, godly values, godly ethics, and uh, with a godly attitude. That's what will come forth. You will prove what is the perfect will of God. We will either be an instrument for evil, as we allow the devil to completely access our complete access to our minds, or we will be a vessel of godly thought who lives in peace and joy and safety and security. What are you thinking about? What is going on? If you're bombarded with things in your mind, I can tell you from experience, you can trace it back to the place where you neglected to think upon God and you allowed the enemy and the Antichrist spirit that we live in to absolutely bombard your mind, oppress your mind, plague your mind. You wonder why people are so depressed. I can tell you because the devil has brought that to their mind, the cares of this life. But we we're not of those. Did you hear me? We have Christ. We have Christ. 
we can think on these things. We have the Word of God here to begin to, you know, instruct our minds and to give peace to our minds and give hope unto us. You know, we were driving over here tonight. I'll say this and I'm going to close. But we were driving here and I was listening to Martha Borg from um, from the, the, the Swaggart's ministry. And she was singing an old song I learned when I first got saved. If there were no uh, if there were no mansions on the hills of glory, if there were no streets of gold, if there were uh, no walls of jasper, she was singing about heaven, and she said it doesn't matter to me just as long as his face I see. And as I begin to listen to that song, I'm sitting there at the light, and the spirit of God came upon me. And he said, just remember something, son. This is not your home. This is not your final destination. You're just cutting through here as a pilgrim. Don't ever forget that. You're passing through. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of things along the way. But this is not your end all. This is not your final promised land. Amen. Don't put your tent stakes too deep here because you've got to know you're going to be passing through here. And don't let the devil bombard your mind. Don't become like you you saw or read about the children of Israel in the wilderness who were saying we had it better don't allow you know the 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 evil and the wickedness of this age to bombard your mind but think on me dwell on me think on these things don't let the devil begin to 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 determine the narrative in your mind and and because your mind's the battlefield so you got to keep your mind stayed upon Him. Keep your thoughts on Him. That's why we got to read the Word every day. That's why we got to pray every day. Get alone with God. Pray. You know, get in the Word. Say, Lord, cover my mind. Give me something. Speak to me. And He'll fill that mind as you have devotion with Him. Because church, everything is there to plague our mind and to affect our children. And we have to guard our mind and we have to guard their mind. You hear me? Because they don't have the mind in their young age to know right from wrong a lot of times. We have to be that. Be parents to your children. You're not called to parent the whole world. Be parents to your children. I'm not called to pastor the whole world. I'm called to pastor you. So you know what? I take it very seriously. We live in a wicked world. and People can say we don't. We do. We live in a dark world, and it's getting darker. But I can tell you, one day, the trump of God's going to sound, and the dead in Christ are going to raise first, and then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet Him in the air. I was listening to David Jeremiah today. I said, we're not going to be here long. Amen. Lord, we're going to get out of here. We've got a heaven to look forward to in eternity with our Savior and our Lord. Amen. So guard your mind, guard your thoughts, think on these things because otherwise you're going to be, the enemy's going to have your mind on focused on everything. You know, church, I'm going to tell you, be careful with your social media. In fact, you need to be, you need to be very careful. I've seen people that I have, I have actually watched videos before, whether it's YouTube or you'll see those videos. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you and transparent. And we've all done it, so don't act like you haven't. And don't say, Pastor, I can't believe you. We all have. You've seen the videos on YouTube. You've seen there'll be a little TikTok or something that comes up. And there's something about that. 
I can't put my finger on it, but I know it's spiritual. There's something about it that just weighs you down. It does. It does. It's the spirit behind every person that's on there. And, and you know, church, we have to guard our minds. Because the devil will say, oh, you're just watching this little video that's showing you how to, you know, to be a better framer or to drill a drill, a drill a, a, a screw in a, a hole and to build a wall or to build some. It's just something you'll go, oh, wow. And then the next thing you know, it's somebody that's out there in the world and they're trying to tell you, you know, the answers to life's problems without Christ. And it seems like the most popular just get more popular. And here comes Joe Rogan, and here comes Jordan Peterson, and here comes all these. Yeah, you're laughing because you know, you've seen them. And here they come, and, you're, and before you know it, you're like, ah, my mind, why do I feel this way? And God said, you're taking all that in. And see, you sat down, and you didn't even realize you were just there. You just went on a little bunny trail here to watch how somebody could build something better. But the devil said, that's just to get you to where I want to get you. You have to guard your mind. You have to be very careful. Fast the things that would bombard your mind. Church, I'm telling you this because I don't want you to go through life oppressed by the enemy because he wants to oppress us. And we got to be very careful. There's hope. We're not in heaven yet, but we're going to be there one day. But until we get there, you have to cut across this wilderness and you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Got to keep our mind upon him. Set your affections on things above. Father, tonight I've shared what I felt like in my heart you wanted me to. Lord, I just ask you to bless us, Father God, with your grace that will give us the mind of God and help us to keep the mind of God, to keep our minds pure, to keep them holy, to keep them, Father God, uh, set apart and consecrated for you. And Lord, that's a decision that we have to make because ultimately what we take in is what we will become. And those things will develop everything about us. But Lord, when we take you in, when we take your word in, when we spend time with you, you're shaping and molding and developing us. And God, that's what we need. Let us see that as it was wicked in Noah's day, it's wicked today. And Lord, we've got to protect our minds and keep them on you. Help us. Give us grace. Cover this congregation in your precious blood and our minds in your blood. We give you all the glory and honor and we thank you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you tonight as you go.